You are now listening to Pull Hook Golf, an unfiltered golf podcast taking you inside the ropes with unfiltered stories, insights, analysis, and exclusive interviews. Welcome back, everybody, to Pull Hook Golf. This is episode number 62, and it is a magical one because this is PGA Championship week. This is the second major of the year. Or if you ask the live golf guys that uh, every week's a major for them. So this would be nothing new, but we're going to get into it. We've got breaking caddy news that we're going to talk about tonight. We're also going to be talking about the AT&T Byron Nelson, and we're going to recap that. It was a great week there with uh, a fantastic storyline behind it. We've got the PGA Championship week, as I mentioned, so we'll be talking about that. Um, Really kind of diving into the field analysis, the golf course conditions, all of that good stuff. If there's anything that Bobby can shed some light on for us, that would be great. And then we've got live golf Tulsa. And we're going to recap that as the finale here. So live golf lovers. If you are on, um, just wait, because there will be a key moment to where we will put the earmuffs on you. And uh, you might not want to be listening, but at the same time, we'll go over the good. We'll go over the bad with live golf. And uh, sure enough, Bobby. Yeah. Why don't we get started with the breaking caddy news? You've got a big update here for us tonight. Bobby Brown is no longer working for Troy Merritt. I don't know how simple to say that it was another disastrous week for Mm. My ex team, I guess I'll say last week with a golf course where 20 something, 23 under wins it. And we were three over after the first day and three over after the second day. And I'm going back to South Korea. I decided to go back to South Korea, do a little visit with that rookie that I've been raving about, S.H. Kim. Um, It kind of moved very fluid over the last um 24 hours, so to speak. I don't know how many details I really can get into and stuff like that. But, you know, it's one of those, it's just one of those deals, man. I don't even know how to explain it. But when a guy misses 11 out of 12 cuts, it's just time to move. It's, it's time to move. I mean, listen, I could, I could go over a million topics, but I mean, you know, I mean, that's a tough stretch. I've never been involved in something like that. Um, You know, I got a family. You know, I got Lori and I got two boys to feed. And when you're making, you know, a couple thousand dollars a week and you're backing out anywhere from, you know, if you're if you're cheapy Carl and you're spending eleven to thirteen hundred dollars in expenses for a week, that's great. I'm making a whopping six or seven hundred, walking six or seven hundred dollars. And randomly when that happens, it's no big deal. But when it happens eleven times in a 12 week span, then you know, something's got to give. So I've left numerous players before I was sharing with you that this, it's been a very emotional day for me today. And it's strictly due to the fact that I've left players before and it was like a fuck you. I'm, you know, I'm out. I don't like the way you treat me or for whatever reason, or I'm upgrading to a better player or something like that. You don't think twice about it, but this one I had to, uh, this one I had to think about for a long time. And I'll tell you the, the, the two reasons why I had to think about it. The biggest reason is because Troy Merritt is one of the greatest human beings that's ever walked the planet. Through all of this stuff, he never finger pointed at me. He never said anything negative to me. He appreciated me hanging in there with him. And we were out there fighting it out. And it just didn't work out. But I truly believe that this SH came in. As you know, I've been raving about him since 
Geez, our this show original 61 episodes already. Wow, time flies. 62. When you're 62, 62 episodes already. Well, time flies when you're having fun. So, but to me, this is, you know, this is a no-brainer because I, I truly believe that this young man, well, he obviously, you know, he was rookie of the year on the Corn Ferry Tour. That's not an easy thing to do without winning a golf tournament. He had one second. He came on the map a couple of years ago at the CJ Cup when he was a no-name Korean and he was leading after 36 holes in Vegas a couple of years ago is when he came on the map. Fortunately, that year I got paired with him at, at a Corn Ferry Tour qualifying school for a couple of days and got to see it up front. And I couldn't believe what I was seeing. And I truly believe that he is the big word, big, big sentence I'm firing out right now, Matt. I, I truly believe he is the second coming of the second coming of Sungjae. So I had to make that decision. That phone call was the hardest phone call that I've ever made. I've my one of my favorite sports movies I was sharing with you is Moneyball, right? And when Brad Pitt sends Jonah Hill in to release somebody or send him to the minors or traded. I believe that the player was traded. I was literally running errands today and I was driving around the block in circles because the anxiety. Did you ever have you ever had to fire anybody? Yeah, multiple job? times. Somebody that you were attached to because people need to know the dynamic of a player and a caddy that have been together for a little under two a little under two years we we made it and you were literally spending a minimum of eight hours a day with that person you spent you're sharing personal information about each other you learn a lot of uh, you you become attached not just to the hip work-wise but you become great friends and you know a lot of things about each other and you you get this you get this bond so you know, I'm really good friends with his agent, Peter Webb, who originally reached out to me and recruited me for the job. And as everybody knows, we had a great year, fantastic year last year, just a fantastic year, numerous times, you know, a few chances to win, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, I tried to call his agent first because I'm close with him and he was at Oak Hill and it would ring a couple times and it would go to voicemail. So I knew he was busy. He's got Maverick McNeely in the field and he was probably taking care of him and some some business there and I couldn't fucking take it anymore. Right. I just have learned that you just got to get it. You just got to get it over with. So the gist of the conversation goes, I call him, he doesn't answer. He calls me back and we never really talk much on the phone. It's he's, he's a big texter. Everybody texts, right? I'm the only yeah. one with voicemails. Well, I wasn't going to leave a voicemail and he called me back. Hey, what are you up to? And he's like, Oh, Bob, I'm running the house. <laughs> Isn't it? Wife's name's Courtney. She's been in dead two bed two days with strep. Not what I want to hear with the topic that I was going to bring up. And I just told him, I go, hey, here's the deal, man. I'm going to moneyball this. You're a great player. You're even a greater person. But you know, I have an opportunity to, that I don't think that I can pass on. And it's time for me to to make a change. And I couldn't even finish my sentence. And he goes, and that's it, Bob. And that's all you got to say to me, man. I understand a business is a business. You you have a family to support. And we laughed. And we, we chuckled about a couple of things. And that was it. And it was a clean break. And I felt a lot better. But I got to be honest with you. I've been, you know, I'm in a, for all the shit talking and sarcasm I have and that kind of stuff. It's There's a big one in there for me, right? There's a big heart in me. And, and I'm not going to get misty or anything like that. But 
when it's a guy like Troy, I, I was just struggling emotional wise. Like I had just lost my best friend or my buddy and, and I'm not worried about seeing him next week or crossing paths or, or anything like that. It's just, it's just a fucked up feeling, man. It's just, I've never had that feeling, that feeling before. And I wanted to talk to his whole team. You know, his coach sent me a nice, his coach sent me a nice text message. You know, the deal was, as we were having, we were planning an intervention uh, yesterday, a conference call. And we had put together some some metrics, you know, obviously from what I've seen in the stats that I've pulled up, which I really don't even need stats to to tell you what's what's going on. I've, you know, verbally expressed my feelings on what I think is broken and that kind of stuff. But there is a there is a stat guy out there named Hunter Stewart, and he works for Maverick Manili, Scott Stellings, maybe a couple other guys. And I didn't realize how high tech this game is going now as far as numbers and shot dispersion. And so him working for Maverick McNeely, who also shares the same agent um, with Troy, uh, Troy's agent sent me some stuff and, you know, a shot dispersion and what he needed to work on. It's everything I said. And and the one thing that caught me the most was um Approach shots to the green. Well, I, I want, I'm going to back up and say when you go over Troy's stats, there's there's 12 major categories that I look at. Troy was it was outside of the top 100 in four of those stats last year. This year, Troy is inside the top 100 in one of those stats this year. And in big bold letters, he had he had said it seems like when Troy's in the fairway that he misses greens to the right as many times exactly as he hits greens. So there is a there is a there is a flaw there, which I've been, you know, I've been verbalizing to you for for quite a while now. So it's just a fucked up deal. But I had just had a nice literally got off the phone with a 45 minute conversation with his agent and he totally gets it. He totally understands. Usually these breakups can get dirty and it's a fuck you thing. And and um, and I'm coming back down now because I'm super excited to go to work for this young man because I think he has all the potential in the world to be one of those special kind of players that you that you look for and you know for for those of you that don't know people should know now after this podcast is that I'm a worker bee right I like working 6 8 10 hours a day and that goes hand in hand with 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 a korean and and Troy's deal 12 years later on the tour was you know, you work for a few hours and then you go back to your hotel and you watch a movie or you do something like that. So I'm excited to get back into that grind and I'm excited for the horsepower that I'm dealing with now because I know I'm dealing with some serious horsepower. What I'm not excited about is that I do know he speaks very, very very little English. I mean, like very little English, which is a big concern to me. But I, I, I dealt with that with Sung Jay in the past. And I take the bull by the horns in that situation. And I try and teach him a new word um, every single day. He does his numbers in meters. I'm already experienced in that. Our books are high tech as far as targets go and that kind of stuff. Um, we are playing Colonial next week, which, you know, you know, it's funny you were telling you you were we were talking some episodes ago and you were like, hey, what course, Bob? Would you compare Hilton? Harbortown. Yep. Yeah, well, Harbortown too. And I immediately said, well, there's not there's not really anything like it. Sony, how the hell did I miss Colonial Country Club out of all this? Is unbeknownst to me because it is the same exact thing, only a different grass. You know, it's a it's a position course where it takes driver out of your hands. So that's going to be a little tough for me for for a rookie trying to explain to him why on a 380 yard hole in 2023 you just don't bomb driver down there, right? You play to these. They have those old school um, red, white, and 
what 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 are red, white, and blue plates in the middle of the fairway, you know, 100, 150. And on a handful of those holes, you literally hit a 235 yard shot to, you know, to, to that 150 plate. And that kind of get, gets you the best look. I struggle in the past with Siwoo. I've talked about it a couple of times. Um, they're being overly aggressive. So I'm going to have a, I'm going to have my hands full doing something like that, but I'm stoked. I'm, I'm over the sadness, boy, this had to happen and that kind of stuff. And I'm, I'm really looking, um, Forward to the future. This young man sits 67 on the list right now. He's a gem of consistency. He's probably played, I'll just roughly say he's played 20 tournaments and missed four or five cuts. He made the cut last week in Dallas with a, a Korean buddy on his bag and, and, and played good the first couple of days, didn't play great the third day. And, you know, you got to shoot six or seven under par there as the scores as the scores will, will show. But I'm I'm super stoked to get back to it. Some good, hard, long working days getting you know you feel good man as a caddy when you work hard right you feel good you feel you just feel good about yourself you're exhausted when you go home and you wake up the next day and you can't wait and and do do the same thing all over again for as long as it takes to get somebody with this kind of talent to the finish line because it's all about it's all about winning golf tournaments at this point, you know, with with the asterisk on being in the top 50 at worst at the top 70, but the top 50 is the goal. Um, I'll share a funny story with you. you know, financial negotiations with Koreans, especially rookie Koreans, are I don't want to divulge too much information, but it, it's like buying a fucking car, basically, you know, <laughs> spend all day. I start here. They start here. <laughs> I start here. I'm not getting here. They start here. I can't do that. And then some. somehow you find a common ground. But in my older age, I have never been, you know, there 80% of the caddies out here are going to be like, well, I got $2,500 a week from this guy. Why shouldn't I get it from you? And, and I never for the life of me could personally understand that because I never got into caddying to make a weekly salary, right? That wasn't the deal. It's all about the percentage and it's all about trying to win a golf tournament and getting in that rush or in contention on a Saturday and carrying it over to a Sunday. So, so we got those, we got those details ironed out. There were a few other names in the hat that I was jockeying against and, and that kind of stuff. I have a great relationship with his agent who is also Sung Jay's agent, uh, Danny O. He's always had my back. He's a firm believer in my work ethic and my experience and for what I believe in on the course. So um, it's, it, it's going to be a good thing for Troy too, right? Because a fresh face, man, when you miss that many cuts in a, in a row, and can I share some honesty with you? And I don't like, but, but when you, when you got a guy that misses nine or 10 cuts in a row and you know me, I'm fucking happy, go lucky all the time, but when it, it's the same old thing over and over, I would, at some points during those rounds, I was mumbling shit under my breath that I would never mumble before. And I was probably putting on a happy face that, that he could probably read between the lines. If that makes any sense that, that, that I wasn't really that happy and I shouldn't have been, and I shouldn't have been that happy in, in that situation. So you know the old saying we were just joking about it is you you can go ahead and bet a dollar that Troy Troy Merritt is probably going to have a great week, um, the probably next week or the the next couple of weeks we go to Colonial and then we go to a big one at Jack's Place and Memorial which is basically like a major for us. So I look for him to I look for him to have a new face. I do know he's going to have a couple buddies on the bag for the next two weeks. Um, and then he's going to try and hire a, then he'll hire a full-time guy from there. But I, I look for us both to, to have, 
a great finish to the season. And he would be the one guy if something, if he snuck up in the next week or two, you know how I am in my relationship with him. I am rooting for something like that to happen. I don't want him to be my guy. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> But, you know, I would I would be super I would be super stoked for him because I've shared with you in the past that that for as tough as it has been on me and my family and my attitude and my confidence too, Matt, when things go like that, too, you're like, man, did I say was that the right thing to say? You start second guessing yourself. Should I be involved? Should I should I back up a little bit and just let it figure it out himself, which I've always been a hands on guy is just something trippy that i've never had to deal with but um i'm newly employed congratulations <laughs> i mean after rambling <laughs> you know you had to get it out there and uh yeah, you know yeah. i will say this off air you know yeah, yeah. you were you were struggling with the whole entire thing with troy because he's such a great guy and you guys were such yeah. great friends while you're yeah. out there but you know, want to know the best part about having a South Korean that speaks absolutely no English is that if you want a competitive advantage, yeah, wear the pull hook hat because he won't know what that means. And then everybody in the group's going to be looking at you going, shit, pull hook, pull hook. You're going to start seeing some snipers out there. And well, SH is going to just and, absolutely crush until it. Until you get paired with some smart ass like Sung Kang or Ben On, who's going to quickly translate <laughs> that to you because I don't think they like me that much. And I don't like, well, Ben, I do like Sung Kang. I can... Fucking care less. Suck it, son. <laughs> you know, it's funny. I was thinking about that too. And I'm like, man, I could rock the pull hook golf hat, but yeah. I was under decent. Uh, you know, another thing going that was keeping me in there too was I'm under, I, I have a decent contract with Titleist this yeah. year, you know, that comes payable right around Christmas. And, you know, when you know you're getting 15 grand or whatever, you know, towards that time of year, it takes a little stress off of, you know, Christmas shopping, so to speak, for the family. But with that being said, I I, I I have no problem wearing the pole hook golf hat like during practice rounds and stuff like that. But he is a head to toe titleist guy. So, well, there you go. I was talking to what I was talking. Yeah, well, I was talking to one of their reps. So they don't, their titleist really very rarely will pay a rookie unless you're somebody like Cameron Young. Um, you know, they're very smart with their money and they show a great profit every year for, for those decisions. But the way I'm looking at it is like I've done 20 some tournaments with Troy. That's probably going to be about roughly close to 10 grand and that kind of stuff. And I'm just going to tell myself, I'm going to, I've always been loyal to titleist because they've been very, very good to me as far as, you know, it's not like they hand you a set of clubs or a Scotty or something like that, but a little tidbit here, maybe a putter cover here or a putter cover there, or, you know, they make cool hats. We all know I that. Do. And I just feel like, well, I'm just going to parlay this and stay loyal to them. Like I did with Troy last year and just consider it as a $10,000 hat deal for the year. But pull hook golf hats are going to, we'll get some Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday time. That's there for, that's for damn sure. And Start God knows. messing with some people out I, there, Bobby. It's a secret. I got, yeah, I got enough of them. Well, I got enough of them and I've kind of toned it down with my sarcasm and my hate on some people. So now I kind of can probably wear them and people will not go, oh, is that that fucking podcast where you shit all over everybody? And I'm like, I really only shit on a few people, you know? So, so anyways, that's the story on the hat deal and that kind of stuff. But it was, you know, it, it, it was a, a tough, it was a tough day with a 
silver lining attached to it. So I am, you know, looking forward to a change, uh, a change of pace and earning this young man's um, confidence and going out there and trying to win a fucking golf tournament because that was, that's all that it's about. Huh? That's all it's about. I love it. Now you got a young thoroughbred that uh, yeah. you can get after he's it with. He's fucking 23 years old and he's that good already. That's, that's crazy. You know, he's, he had a chance to win Vegas. He finished four. He finished fourth in Vegas. He's been a gem of consistency. Obviously, people know that I hooked Micah up with him originally, and Micah went back to Billy Horsell. So it's funny how these things just kind of what's the word? They just kind of mold and they and they and they and they fit into place. You know, I always thought, you know, I don't really want to say this to shell Troy or shell anything, but I always thought in the long run, I just knew down deep, no matter how long. And I said it last year, how many years or how long I lasted with Troy that I was going to end up back with a Korean, because really that is my, man, that's kind of my specialty, right? I'm the guy I'm the guy that hooks these Koreans up with jobs and refers caddies to them. I know how they operate. I know how much they love the service. I know the ins and outs and the secrets to them. I know how to take the abuse when it gets, when it starts getting abusive. I've learned a lot over the years from Siwoo and from Sungjae, SY No. There's been a few different ones and I'm prepared. I'm fully prepared. So I'm going to get out of here on, on Sunday night. You know, we're getting close to all, all these local US Open qualifiers are going on right now. He's not qualified for the US Open and we're slowly but surely moving into sectionals. So there's a big sectional Monday that he's in, in Dallas. So I was prepared to do that, but when he let, when him and Micah split, you know, he is already married at, at, at a young age and they already let me know. And they're like, Hey, we we're just planning on having my wife. Cause you can take a pull cart, you know, and do, and do things on my own. Like he did last week and he played okay. And do my own numbers and that kind of stuff. And I'm like, man, I feel, I was talking to his agent. I'm like, man, I feel lazy, not, not doing that. And then last night I was, I was talking to the agent and I'm like, man, you know what I'm going to do is <clears throat> I'm going to go watch him play this 36 hole qualifier from, you know, there's no ropes at a qualifier, but as, as a, as a spectator, you know, I'm going to go do it as a spectator and you can actually learn a lot from a guy's game, watching him 18 holes. And you can imagine watching 30, 36 holes. And obviously I'll be rooting for him because our U S open is coming up at LA North an iconic place that nobody's ever, ever been to before. So I'm gonna have a very busy. I'm gonna have a very busy week next week, man. I'm looking very forward to it. I love it, Bobby. New action. Okay, so yeah. going from one great story to the next. Yeah. Jason Day wins wow. the AT&T Byron Nelson. Yeah. I couldn't believe it when he said that he almost hung it all up. He almost retired. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't know. I I, I knew over the last few years the injuries that he was dealing with and his. He didn't look the same out there as far as the fire goes and that kind of stuff. But do you remember a short story I, I, I shared with you when we played the CJ cup close to my house and in, 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 in Ridgeland here. And I told you that I went out a couple of days early and I followed Jason around for those two days. And I did, you know, I love tooting my own horn on this shit. <laughs> these project, these predictions that I make never happen the week that I make it, but they always no. seem to happen within the next six months. Right. That's but remember so I called it, I called it and I'm like, this is a different Jason day. I see the work ethic. I see the pep in his step. I see the attention to detail. I see his body moving properly. And I, and I did call it and I go, I think Jason day is going to win this year and he's going to be back. And I'm sure this week at Oak Hill, he is going to, he is a past PGA champion 
at Whistling Straits, which we both know very well. And um, and I look for him to be in the mix again this year. And I'm super happy. I'm super happy for him. He's just one of the nicest guys out there. You know, he has four kids. He has another one on the way. He is one of those talents that only comes along ever so often. And he has fought through the hard times. But but to answer your original question, I was a little surprised that that, you know, he said he was getting ready to I mean, he's got so much money. He was getting ready to hang it up and just play and play the dad thing. But you being the golfer that you are and me being involved in the business the way that I am, it it never leaves your it never leaves your system. Right, man. It never it leaves your it does. It never leaves your blood. It never leaves your system. It's like some kind of it's some kind of drug that you never wake up with a headache with the, the next day. So I'm super you know how many times I wake up, Bobby, and I go, ah, oh, I I should I drink too much. I should train. No, I should <laughs> I, I should start training and and try to play professional golf again and right. all that good stuff. But you're right; it never leaves. It's always kind of that it's, little seed that's planted in the back of your head. Fucking disease. And I've said it before: when you're in contention to win a golf tournament, there is, you know, I've, I've been open about my past in my early 20s experimenting with drugs and that kind of stuff. But this is the greatest drug that man that has ever come along in, in my lifetime being in contention. And he got it done. And I'm happy for his caddy, Luke Reardon. They're very good friends. They go way back to their childhood. He's a very hard worker. He's done his time with Jason. And he was he was kind of like a little bit. I wouldn't say I can't really compare him to Wyndham Clark, but he was really getting on form as we as we noticed. And and I I gave made him one of my picks, I believe, he in did. Augusta. And you remember he was right there through thirty six holes, and he had a disaster. I think on Saturday he made a triple bogey and never rebounded. But he hasn't had a bad tournament this year. And how awesome for him to win that with his all of his kids and his wife standing that was there. Pretty cool. And, 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 you know, I'm just going to say it again. I kind of called him winning. I didn't call him winning last week for the only good thing I did call was we were kind of bickering back and forth about the winning score. And I did say 23 or 24, not 27. And you were like, man, could be 30. But the only thing that, that scared me about that 30 was that number 12 that they changed into a par four from a par five. I just figured that would shave two or three, two or three shots. Um, we were under weather, weather alerts the whole week. It didn't end up happening until or I was watching on TV as usual late on a late on a Sunday, but he, he got it done. And he clipped our guys. See, he clipped our guys. See, woo. And uh, boy, this see who came when things are fire, and he's a thing of beauty to watch, isn't he? And absolutely, he really is. Thing. Yeah, a thing, a thing of a thing of beauty. You know, the other kid that finished second, I raved about him a little bit, Austin and Ekra, the kid that the very young man that came from Oklahoma State. I've talked about him, and and I know that everybody, some of us are bummed up that these big, some of these big names have gone to live and that kind of stuff. But when you get these tournaments, and a guy like Austin Ekra shows up, who is a six foot four stallion thoroughbred prototypical bomber that that has hands the, these days um it it opens the door for for everybody else that's maybe a big live person to realize that the PGA tour is going to be just fine right because there's more and more of these young men coming and he get he only gets beat a shot at 22 under CT Pan, the little, uh, speaking of Asians, want to know another good call that I made last week? I mentioned something about Koreans and Asians on Zoysia. Didn't I you remember <laughs> saying that you, you have said that multiple times on this podcast. So I can, I can tell you right now, you have said yeah. it more than once. Okay. But I'm usually spot on on that kind yeah. of shit. Now the problem is, is you can't really bet on one because there's about a dozen in the field, but let me go through this little number for you. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. 10. There were 
10 Asians in the field, about seven of them being Korean. Guess how many and many of them made the cut? All fucking 10 <laughs> of them. And CT Pan coming back from an injury. He's Asian, even though he went to UW. He doesn't speak English that big. He's from Chinese Taipei. I'm not sure where they what where that is, Chinese Taipei, but I do know in the Olympics they have about four to six members on their Olympic team, whether it's it's got to only be the Summer Olympics, right? You're not going to get anybody from Chinese Taipei in the in the Winter Olympics teams. But he, it was nice to see him have a nice week at, at, at 21 under and finish. What, what would that put him? Fourth, Marty Dow, the little Chinese kid who looks like he's 15 years old, looked like he was going to win this thing until he hit that. He's hit one out of bounds or something like that. Did you watch the tournament? I think with six or seven holes to go, he hit one out of bounds. I missed that one. I, I did yeah. watch the last round, but. Yeah, he opened up a two or three shot lead at one point. I mean, it's a fucking birdie fest, right? I mean, it's an absolute birdie fest. They were going crazy. And he ended up finishing fifth along with Terrell Hatton, Scotty, the hometown favorite with Jordan W. Dean, had a, had a great week. You know, I saw a stat today that I think, Man, in the last 15 or 16 tournaments, Scotty Scheffler has not finished worse than 11th or 12th. How is that for doing some golf? Wow. That's why he's always jockeying between number one and number two. I know you're you're really high on Adam Scott this year. He had another nice week, a tight for, tight for eighth, I think he was at 19 under. Local hometown guy, Ryan Palmer, who's been on tour forever who lives in the dallas mckinney area had a nice week he's rounding into some form um, my favorite guy sung kang finished played great 17 under ben on 17 under um hideki t for 20 to t23 um remember i was shitting all over tom kim because he was doing the fucking jordan speed thing and everything did you watch he got rid of it after, yes. uh, after the week before last he got rid of it but he still struggled he had to pretty the last two to make the cut on the number kind of rallied up I don't know if T34 is a great week for Tom Kim. It probably isn't. Um, Sang Moon Bay was there. Um, the rookie I'm going to work for, SH Kim, had a nice week. SY No shot 11 under the first day, shot 60 the first day. And I've randomly caddied for him. I've developed a nice friendship with him. I've randomly caddied for him off and on when he's needed somebody over the last few years. So it was, he's been making a lot of cuts. Unfortunately, he's in a bad category of 126 to 150, which only gets him in so many events. And he kind of backpedaled. Um, there were two Cootie brothers in the field. The one that we really root for did not play good. Daniels, man, Pearson did not play good. You know, I followed them around in the Monday Pro-Am and he just didn't look like he was firing all, all cylinders. It's a home game for him. A lot of family, a lot of friends there. But Parker made the cut, and that was good for that was good for Parker to get four rounds under his belt in his first PGA Tour event and first PGA Tour event um, cut made. And my son Daniel has been saying it for two years now that if you put Pearson to, and Cootie and Parker Cootie together, other than the looks, and you watch them hit balls, you would not know who the better Cootie was. So. Hats off to him. You know what Parker Cootie did? He 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 finished his round late, right? He finished 60th or something like that, made 20 grand, right? He caught a flight at 9:30 at night. Okay, they're playing in Kansas City, the Corn Ferry Tour. He's only got conditional status. He wasn't in. He landed at midnight. He checked into his hotel at one in the morning. He had a wake-up call at 5:30 a.m. the next morning for the Monday qualifier in Kansas City. And what did he do? He went out and shot 65 sight unseen on a golf course and won the Monday qualifier. And now he's playing in Kansas City. So wow, good for him. 
dude, I'm out of breath. A lot of shit going on right yeah, now. In there golf. is a lot, a lot of, of shit, shit going on right now in golf, buddy. Let me, let me tell you something though. You tell know, me something, you, buddy. you've been, uh, you've been taking a lot of credit for a lot of good calls, <laughs> which are all accurate, but <laughs> man, did I hit that yeah. penny bed? Scotty Scheffler, yeah. baby. Here we go. Matt's back in the winner's circle. I really fucking take J.H. Lee over Scotty Scheffler. You really did. You had the first pick and you decided. <laughs> However, I got to tell you, I probably would have gone with Jason Day if you had selected him. So. Well, technically, I'm going to call you a fibber on that because you tried to pick Xander, but he wasn't. Yeah, and guess who my third pick was? Jason Day. Day. I had three, yeah. Yeah. I had him written in my notes. How stupid am I? I love KH Lee, and we all know he's a top 50 in the world player, but it's tough to win a golf tournament once. And then it's unbelievable the odds to win a tournament back-to-back. And fucking just good nickname me Einstein here was calling for him to hit the triple crown, the fucking three-bagger. (laughs) <laughs> and he made the cut. <laughs> That's all I can say is he made the cut on the number. Hey, it was one of those crazy cuts where 84 guys make the cut, right? But there is a kid from Australia named David Michalucci, who's been a really good Australian, uh, South African, Australian player. And he's got some uh, a powerful agent and he got a spot over here. This Michalucci guy shot six under the first day. He had a tough day the second day and he was staring down an 11 footer for birdie on the last hole, that par five that would have knocked out 20 guys or 21 guys. Can you imagine those 20 guys that are like, oh my God, don't let this guy make uh, that stress. Those are the things you don't really think about. You know Yeah, I mean? those are the things that people that, that just Joe average Joe regular golfers don't think about that there were 20 guys glued to the fucking TV doing one of these fucking things and putting every whammy, slammy, bammy on it that you could possibly, and he missed the pot and let 21 guys in. And it's crazy that Dallas tournament with those low scores always seems to have... 80 to 84 guys make the cut and you know we had an we had we had another one but let's all give matt a round of applause because he whipped my fucking ass we're not getting to the live part of it yet but i'm just going to summarize it right now and tell you he whipped my ass on the bets and back in the winter circle back in the back in the winter circle you flipped me like yesterday's pancakes didn't you now to the positive (laughs) i sure did bobby take a bow man just take a little bow yeah congratulations you did good kid you did good (laughs) thank you so much i appreciate that i will take all the uh accolades that come along with i gave to you bets well deserved well i'm I'm not a sore loser i'm a i'm a a pure loser that's for sure (laughs) well what else now let's get into the PGA Championship week. Yes. And Bobby, we are at Oak Hill Country Club this week in yes. Rochester, New York. I have played here before. What a legendary track yep. it is. And yep. I can't wait for this week. I think yeah. this one's going to be one of the best PGA Championships we've seen in quite some time. I think it's going to play pretty tough. What do you think? Well, I do. I have been doing, um, you know, I hate watching majors on the couch, but I'm forced to watch another one. That's two in a row, which doesn't happen to me very often. But after I run my little errands and take the boys to school and that kind of stuff, my big my big thing is to, you know, put on uh, what do they call it on Golf Channel? Uh, PGA Championship on the range or whatever yep. the name is it for. So you get all the all the all the commentators and in these majors, you know, they got guys out walking the golf course with the players during practice rounds. So I've been paying close attention to exactly what's going on there. You know, I was there in 2013 with Dustin. He finished tied for eighth. 
I'll tell you a funny little story was 2013. He did not make, they were picking for the Ryder cup team. He did not make the Ryder cup team, but we played all of our practice rounds that, that year with the eventual champion, Jason Duffner. And I can remember it like yesterday, Duff did not look that good during the practice rounds. And he basically didn't miss a shot from what, from what everybody says, obviously he won by three or four shots. Um, Thursday through Sunday, but it's funny. Duff was telling me, was chirping me up. Like, what do you think about me and Dustin being a teammates on the Ryder cup? He goes in wins. Um, first year of Dustin dating Paulina. So he wasn't really all plugged in on golf at that time, you know, newly dating her and whatever goes involved with that. I'm going to keep it on the, on the down low. Although I got, I do have one good partying. Yeah, bro. <laughs> Bob, I'm in love, bro. <laughs> I'm gonna marry her. They did. <laughs> yeah, ten years later, but still, they did get married. But I'm like, man, you've been dating her for a month, bro. Are you sure that's a good idea? But remind me to tell you when we get down to this little PGA thing here in a few minutes. This funny little Paulina and Dustin story because I stayed in a house with them. But you know, they went through some made this this. Uh, is it Richard Green is like the new guru of changing some of these iconic golf courses, right? So I've really been paying attention to him because I like watching. I, I can remember the whole backside, but I don't remember much about the front. I remember a drivable hole in the par threes and that kind of stuff, but they really did some serious renovations at that place because when I was watching the last couple of days, there's a lot of holes that I can't really remember other than going 18 backwards all, all the way through the, the through the course. But I, I did find out this. It is running fucking firm and fast. The rough is like this. Um, the greens are extremely firm right now. You know the temperatures. You've been there before. You know the temperature deal that you have to deal with. Excuse me, early 40s, high 30s, early low 40s in the morning. The ball doesn't go anywhere. You know, there's going to be some serious wind on some serious wind on Friday. And it's just one of those iconic courses. I know that he refurbished all of these bunkers. And if you notice, I don't know if you've been watching it the way I've been watching it, but these bunkers are like eight to 10 feet below the putting surfaces, right? Like they were showing Victor Hovland hitting some bunker shots. And I'm like, he, these guys literally have to have their caddies stand on the green and hold the flag up to see where they are. And I heard Dustin do an interview today with somebody and he was talking about, he's like, man, usually in these championships, when you hit a shot offline, you're like, get in the bunker, get in the bunker. He's like, I don't know if I'm going to say that this year because you know, they're pitched so low behind the green. So I've heard some, I've heard some stories about what guys think winning scores are going to be. You, you know, some guys say in the high, in the high single, in the high single digits. I've only had one player that that I've been paying attention to that said that the course isn't as hard as I thought it was going to be, and that's Joel Damon. And he said that's strictly due to the fact that the fairways are a little bit wider than he thought they were going to be, and with the fairways moving so firm, it brings in, you know, it makes it more equivalent to to the super bombers and remember Joel, when, just you wait buddy just you wait those yeah, fairways Joel. might seem a little wide but yeah. hey, hey, but of course yeah, it's gonna right. be high single digits i mean yeah, probably you know. six to eight under i i would imagine yeah you know it's funny they asked shane lowry today they go what do you think uh winning score and you know all these these world-class marquee players they're not stupid enough to say hey it's going to be this or it's going to be that they play it by ear they play they they they're experienced and they're smart. They don't have a target score because they're in one shot at a time mode. And, if, and I keep myself in position, but he actually, I, if I heard him right, he goes, man, if I'm three or four or five under with, 
I think he said with nine holes to go, I know I'm going to have a really good week and it's a good possibility that I'm going to have a chance to win. And I've listened to numerous other interviews, Fino included, where he's like, and most of these guys are saying the key to this golf course, as you know, and I know, because we've been there, is driving it in the fairway there. Because in some spots, it's it's hack out rough. I will tell you what I remember about that. In 2013, we had bad weather and it was soaking wet. So if you carried it 300 to 315 yards, you did have a distinct advantage. With that being said, Duff ends up winning it, right? But he doesn't carry it that far, but Dustin did. I want you, I want you to, when you watch it this weekend, I want you, you've played 18 before. I got this great story with Dustin on, I want to say it's 16 or 17, but early in the week, we're watching all these guys. Charles Schwartzel comes to mind. They're hitting, they're hitting driver on one of those holes out there, 16 or 17. That's not a fucking driver hole because there's a couple trees pitched there on the right and everything funnels to these trees. And we were laughing all week at, at all these players that we were paired with that are insist on hitting driver there. And it all ends up in the same spot. It's almost a chip out behind this tree. And I'll never forget when we got to that hole and Dustin was about in sixth or seventh place. He goes, Paul, I think I just need to hit driver right here, bro. And I'm like, and and it's not one of my greatest lines, but I'm like, wait, isn't this the hole where me and you have been laughing our fucking asses off the last three days at these guys pushing driver up there? He's like, yeah, Bob, you're right. You're right. He ends up firing <laughs> it. But I want you to pay attention to 18 because Dustin hit, this is when Dustin hit this big hammer hard draw, right? Dustin drove this thing. We thought it was out of bounds on 18 on Sunday. And I believe we were tied for 10th at that point we had made a late bogey 10th or 11th and he hit it fucking 70 yards left of the fucking cart path over there or, or the path over there it might even be a maintenance thing it was we found it it was sitting perfect he stuffed it to the like this and we ended up finishing eighth so i've had some good experience there but it, like dustin said in his interview he's like man i can't even tell you you know what winning score is going to be because when I was here last time and I don't think he has the greatest memory of when it comes to playing holes and stuff like that. You know what I mean? He said he remembered the backside like I did, but the front side's a, the front side's a different, different animal, but obviously Dustin is playing some, some very good golf right now. Want to hear my sh kind of, sh I don't want to say shit on Paulina's story, but you want to hear my, my funny story from yeah, what I really on. remember in 2013. So, I'm staying in a house with with Dustin. So it's me, Dustin, and Paulina, and they're and they're newly dated, right? And and they go and buy a puppy, a, like a labradoodle puppy, just out of the blue from a breeder in Rochester. Like we like like we get back from the golf course from a practice round. He's like, "Well, we'll go. We gotta go run an errand." And I'm like, "Okay, well, like, yeah, they're gonna, no big deal, right?" And they come back with a puppy, right, <laughs> during a major, and I'm like, "You bought a puppy, dude?" And he's like, "Oh, Bob, you wanted a puppy," and I'm like, "Oh, this is a cute little puppy." Well, he had this chef. I think her name was Ingrid. He he he. This was when he was getting big time and bringing chefs in and that kind of stuff. And she's doing her little poo poo platter for Pauline, and she's like, "Oh my God, the hummus doesn't taste great. Can you redo the hummus?" And Joey D was just starting to be his trainer you know joey d the kind oh, of oh i know joey d yeah. down in florida yeah, baby. steroid i think yeah, colby oh, yeah. Wayne is actually like the big trainer there but i think joey d with all his steroids and he started the business he, he he can take the credit for everything that happens there. that's the kind of guy he strikes me so we're having this sit down dinner on a friday night right the sit down dinner and there's steaks and the good there's good red wine there's everything like that and i'm sitting next to joey d and i'm like he looks at me, I look at him and I, we're like, I'm like, you smell that? And he goes, yeah, I smell it. I go, what the fuck is that? It smells like shit, right? So we both at the same time, we knock heads looking on the table and there's Rover 
tiny little puppy rover has dropped a steamer underneath <laughs> the fucking dinner table, right? And I'm like, hey, Dustin. And if you've ever eaten dinner with Dustin, there's not a lot of talking going on. There's just this. He's just rifling his fucking food down, right? He's not paying attention to anything. And I'm like, hey, Dustin, I think the dog took shit underneath the dinner table. And I'm getting sick to my stomach right now. And he doesn't pay attention to me. And she's sitting next to me. And I go, hey, Paulina, your dog took a shit underneath the table. Are you going to do something about it? I'll never forget it. She gets about six inches from my face. And she goes, do you fucking expect me to clean it up? And I'm like, well, it's your dog, isn't it? And she's like, I'm not cleaning that up. So I don't know. I excuse myself from the table. That's just a random Bobby Brown story. But that's the kind of caliber of emails that there are in the world i guess so that, that is the steamer that needs a butler you know what i mean Robert took it's a steamer and it fucked up my t-bone <laughs> <laughs> i got i don't really have much intel other than it's a major it's going to be hard it's oak hill i'm trying to angle on for our angle what is the best way to pick our penny bets? You being the champion of the week last week, you get to pick first. So that kind of frees me up, but I'm trying, I'm not going to give you any hints because sometimes I give you hints, but I'm trying to figure out what wave is the best wave for the, because we're going to pick a marquee player, right? Because the cream rice is to the top in these things. You're not picking Joel Damon. We're not, none of us are going to pick a club pro. Sam Ryder's probably not going to get picked. No disrespect. Steven Yeager's not going to get picked. Me or you are going for the creme de la creme. So I think I got to figure it out onto when the wind's going to blow and what wave that I have. So are we, are we at that? We're to penny bets. We are to, because we could have done a full field analysis. However, I feel like you don't want to give it away and I don't want to give it away. So maybe we'll talk about some guys after we do the penny bet. How about that? Uh, Okay. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. 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 So, you know, the one question that's going through my mind as we get into these penny bets is, does a live golfer win a major this year? And, you know, we sat there and we, we went back and forth. You said, no, I said, yes, Cam Smith did not win the masters this year, which was my pick for the masters, not my penny bet pick, but it was my pick from last year before he ended up going to live. And I felt like, you know, he had a chance. Well, didn't come into form. However, coming into this PGA championship, we got a few guys in form from live. Right. And I'm just going to go out there and put this on a limb to say that with DJ Putton the way that he is right now and outside of a triple bogey last weekend, I'm going with Dustin Johnson. Oh, my God. You did not. Yep. God almighty. Well, I wasn't going to fucking pick him anyways because he only had to beat fucking 40. I want to say he had to beat 47 guys last week, but he really only had to beat every no, week. There was 49 because uh, there was a, there was a WD. If you well, Ogletree, Ogletree only came in because Westy got hurt. So Ogletree came in to fill that spot. So there was technically right. only, well, I guess you could say 48 and a half guys, but Westy didn't play the last day. Did you know Ogletree came in? I know I'm jumping to live, but did you know that Ogletree came in and shot eight fucking under par? That guy yeah. who is a chop. Oh, I keep yeah. telling actually a fucking good player he shot eight under par second lowest round of the day you're taking i want to bet you I, I i can tell you what the odds aren't stacked in your favor before i make my pick but you can take the whole fucking live field and i'll take the rest of the field for another thousand pennies and tell you a live guy doesn't win because you're saying he's making putts yeah done. he only 21 putt on friday i'll take it fucking done done done, done so deal. what that Boy, means is that, that 
Bit Somebody field. has to win from either live or the PGA tour. Yeah. Club pros don't count. Come on. Club or, <laughs> or amateurs. Are there any amateurs in there? No, of course not. No, there's no, there's no amateurs in there. So you basically, there's 17 of them in the field. You got 17 of them and I got everybody you got else. the rest. And yes, Dustin made 20, had only had 21 putts on the first day and he went fucking yachts and he played great. But if you, you're going to, if you were going to, you know, he should have won that tournament last week by three or four shots, but he couldn't make a putt under pressure with him and Einstein Jr. reading the putts out there with his feet. Hang on a second. He yeah. made a birdie on the last and then he made it in the playoff. Come on. Yes, we, he did. We're not what? even to live golf yet. And we're already arguing about live golf. I'm going to argue this straight because you, I watched that fucking shit last week and you know, I never watch it, but because I'm rolling the rock, Bobby. They got Austin on the mic, and I'm just listening you, to him. You hated having him on the mic, doing yeah. This, doing that, and he's like, well, I got to go a little bit that. What do you like? I got to go. What do you like? Well, each and, one that he actually read. <laughs> I did not go in on 13, 14, 15, <laughs> 16, or 17. It, and they were play. they were off by, and yeah, it was the read. It wasn't, it wasn't DJ's putty. It was they the might have been bad putts. Now, now, let's get to my segment here of where I'm going to pick somebody because I feel like the way that you dominated me last week with the way I've been dominated. That I dominated me. It wasn't even close. I was like saying Hell Mary's for this fucking C Wong Kim dude. But anyways, I'm like, I could be at that stage where I'm going to start making stupid, random fucking with my heart bets is where I think I'm at this stage. But I I'm going to go. I have it narrowed down to two guys. One of them, if I told you I'm not going to pick him, you would laugh at because you think he's totally off form and his brain's all fucking shit right now. I was going to pick Rory because I did hear that Rory went over to Tiger's house last week for two hours because Tiger fucking texted him and said, dude, I I know what's going on with you and that kind of stuff. Come over to my casa in my personal driving range back there. So I heard this whole story that Tiger supposedly fixed him, right? Wow. But I'm going to take Tony Fina. Holy like shit. No, I hate that pig. You finished fourth in the PGA last year, didn't you? <laughs> you hate that? Pick? No, no, I hate it because it's a good pick. It's a good pick. No, it's a good pick. I mean, some of yeah. the others that uh, other notables I that pick, I like. I was going to pick Rory. I was going to pick Rory. You know, I I like Rory this week. Yeah. I also like Adam Scott. Yeah, two top tens, oh. and he top ten there. I think he finished like third uh, back in yeah. 2013. Then you've got Cam Young, New York kid going well, back. You well, got Rochester, yeah. you know, Cam I like Cam Smith's Young. On Cam, Cam well, Smith. Cam Smith is not on form. Let, well, let me just go the out there on a limb and say this. He's missing too many shots to be on form. He, and by shots, his flastic is on fire though. He's making fucking everything. I mean, he right. did shoot what he shoot on Sunday um, in the live golf event, 61. 61. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he was on Barner got all the accolades for that, for his 61. I did see that too. And, and his was not nearly well, HV three actually hit the ball better than cam Smith did. Um, yeah. but cam Smith's Potter is just insane. I mean, he well, made I, and, but that's always everything. been cam Smith, but I, I feel like watching him like a racehorse because we were talking at Augusta. We were both, even though he was your pick, we both were in agreement that, you know, his three months off and going home into Australia that he was going to have to play his way informed. So I just feel he like is. I mean, he's on the like, way up. Yeah, I mean, he's he, trending he, in the right direction. Brooks Kepka yeah. is right there as well. Yeah, he could win too. He's won two of those things. He's won. He's won two of those things. Rory's won two of those things, but I'm going to go with, I'm going to go with the cutter, the bomber cutter, Tony Finau, you know, I like it. All right. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. You got Fina. Well, we've already been talking a lot about Live Golf, so why not get right into our finale, which is the Live Golf Tulsa recap. Now, for all the Live lovers out there, and I'm talking about the enthusiasts that just can't hear a single thing that is bad or even if it's factual or true that you just go off the handle and you just don't want to hear anything about your puppy that is bad okay i totally get it so the live lovers we're going to give you a warning when it comes up and we will call the earmuff moment for when we start talking bad about live golf but for right now we're going to talk about the good and dustin johnson how about me calling that Right there, Bobby, last week I said this is going to be his best tournament of the year. He's going to finish top five. You challenged me to a penny bet on that one. You go, bet you a thousand pennies. He's not going to finish in the top five. And guess what? DJ wins in a playoff. And boy, was it ever impressive over Cam Smith and over Brandon Grace. Now, the one thing I will say, Cam Smith got a bad break on that final putt. That was it. It just, it got offline. It looked right. like it hit something and it yeah. just kind of pushed it out to the right pretty much yep. right away, which yep. is, I was actually thinking yep. about it. I, I, I must say I was sitting there watching it and I'm like, I think DJ just wanted when he made his putt because I'm going right. Cam Smith, that putt, even though Cam Smith is going to make that the majority of the time. Green yeah. conditions at the end of the day, they've been yeah. stepped on a lot. If it yep. catches anything and doesn't go exactly yeah. how you read it, then yep. you're going to miss it. And sure enough, yep. that's what happened. Yeah. And he was on the collar too, wasn't he? Was it? No. So no, DJ was on the, the collar and Brennan Grace. Yep. Mm-hmm. And you know, speaking of Brendan Gray, well, first of all, I'm going to congratulate you because you picked Dustin because I couldn't, uh, I couldn't have disagreed with you more because I was under the assumption, even though I said it in the past, once we got back to the States and we got to those jumbo golf courses, I'm going to blame it on Bo Van Pelt because he gave me the fucking rundown. He said the 7,300 plays a lot shorter. I told it's you. Tight, it's tree lined. You are hundred percent right. I was hundred percent wrong. And here I'm bagging for on DJ missing those putts on 13, 14, 15, 16, but fucking Brandon Grace stuffed it inside of him on all those holes. And he didn't and still hit the hole on any yep. of those putts either. So it was like, I told you, I don't watch very, I, I haven't watched all year this year. And I turned on the last seven or eight holes and I'm glad I did because it was a, it was a super, it was a super exciting finish. And, and it was awesome. I mean, let's, yeah. let's face it. Tulsa had a great crowd. They had yeah. a weather delay, so it ended up yeah. finishing way later than the PGA Tour event, and yeah. it was the only thing really to watch, and I'm sitting there going, this is fantastic action to see everything coming down to the final yeah. couple holes, and it yeah. was it was a three-horse race, I mean, between DJ, Cam Smith, and Brendan Grace, but to your point off air, DJ shouldn't even, it w- shouldn't have been close, because DJ had a triple. What hole yeah. was that? I'm trying to remember what, was I it I think 10? it was like... I don't know what it was, but I was listening to him talking about it, how he's he's like, I hit a bad drive and I'll hit a bad second shot. And we'll talk about in our bad section about the condition of the course coming up. But he's like, then I hit in the water, then I had a drop in the mud. He had a bad break in it in the water, hit the cart yeah. path, trickled yeah. down and then went to the left into the water. Yeah. Yeah. So he, yeah, but that's golf. Right. And that's, and then, and, and that's, that's golf and that's Dustin. That kind of drama shit happens with Dustin sometimes when he's trying to win a golf tournament, you know, he's never really, you know, recently hadn't done much until he got to live and he won both these tournaments. The fact of the matter is, is he is fucking Dustin Johnson. Right. And he's a thoroughbred. 
and he's a fucking flat out thoroughbred. And he was the king of the thoroughbreds before all these thoroughbreds started stop started popping up. You know, these athletes and that kind of stuff. So he played fantastic. We talked about Harold Vonner got beat. What did he get beat? A couple shots. He he finished fourth. Shot 61. Kepco was kind of right there. He was there. He was in the top he, 10. Yeah, he was 12 or 12 or 13 under. Obviously, this was a very gettable course if they were 17 under, if they were 17 under par after three days. It, like you would compare it to the Dallas course last week where they were 17 under par after three days, too. So there were tons of birdies out there. Bryson DeChambeau fucking careered, actually finished in the hey, top. Finally, top finally. Yeah. It's good He's, to see some life signs coming out of DeChambeau. Yeah, for sure. Um, our favorite, our least favorite person, the fat. Well, I have two least favorite persons now. <laughs> I can save that for the bed. Save that for yeah. the bed. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. But fat ass Perez finished eight. eight. <laughs> fat ass Perez really played good the first couple of days, and then the pressure got to him because he saw he made those bogeys. He was playing good. He was six or seven under for the day. He was really helping the team. And then the real Pat Perez showed up, and he made three bogeys in a row. He was pissing away the team thing. You, you know, God, that team's like not even fucking, I didn't even look at the standings, which I usually do, but they have to just have to be like a hundred points in front of everybody else. I'm surprised this is the first time that they've won this year, to be honest with you, when I, when I, when I heard that, but so get, let's get back to the fat ass Perez. Well, thing. hang on a second. Stinger That's GC a, in the what? team event ends up beating the four aces oh, yeah. by a shot. So you what? got Brennan Grace, who obviously was in the playoff, got yeah. Louis Oostazen, Dean yeah. Burmester. And then you yep. got Charles Schwartzel. So okay. they end up, and it's because of what you were just talking about with Pat Perez, where he ends up, because of DJ's triple bogey, it moves DJ out of the counting score. Right. Then all of a sudden, Pat Perez realizes his score is counting. Right. And he just crumbled under the pressure. It was tough to watch. I mean, he yes. was... He was swearing left and right. I mean, yes. that's the one interesting thing about the Live Golf Plus app where yeah. you can watch it live and stream it. Or I don't know on the CW if they allow that language to go through or not because I haven't seen it on the CW yet. But right. he was dropping F-bombs left and right that was on the yeah. broadcast. And you're just sitting there going, man, this is pretty yeah. pretty crazy that uh, he's every other word out of his mouth is dropping an F-bomb, but he uh, he lost it for him. I mean, let's face it. He, yeah, he made, definitely lost it for the four aces. The, when, when Dustin made the triple, so now Perez is in the mix, he probably realizes he's in the mix for the team. He bogeys three in a row. Then he hoops one for an eagle, and then he backs that up with a fucking sloppy bogey right after that. He ends up finishing. And he missed a lot of birdie putts in there too. Yeah, and he finished. He ended up finishing 18th, which is actually a pretty good pretty good week for Perez out there, isn't it? I would imagine. I mean, it's average, I, and yeah, that's, that's where he's always kind yeah. of been, you know, I don't in that know. middle range. Um. Who's so so? I lost a thousand pennies because. Oh, hang on. All right. Here's the caveat. Live yep. lovers, we have talked positively about Live Golf Tulsa. Now is your time to either hit pause and not come back and listen to the rest of the episode or put on your earmuffs and stop listening altogether because yeah. it is earmuffs time and it's time to get into the bad portion yeah. of Live Golf, which. Let's start off. Why not start off with the golf picks, but louder, Bobby golf yeah, picks, ahead. but louder. This is the segment every week to where whenever there's a live golf event, we're going to pick the last place player and the last place team as to who we think are going to technically win in last place. Uh, and sure enough, 
the individual, once again, I mean, you can't even uh, really get credit for this anymore. Yes, it I is can. basically I a cheat code. It's a goddamn cheat code. You figured out that Siwon Kim is playing terribly. Um, yeah. He's shown some signs of life, but once again, he... Why? Because he's breathing? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he, he's on a, he's, he's off the ventilator. He's he breathing on his own, <laughs> which means that there was five guys that finished worse than him. Yeah. And gosh, darn it. If I sat there and I'm like, they, they were neck and neck, him and Martin Keimer, which I made a great call with Martin Keimer. You did. You they did. ended up finishing one shot apart. And but you win the individual, so I, I so I won the individual. We'll we'll, we'll give you that, okay? Oh, yeah. So more, more, after it being was down two thousand because of the DJ bet and because of the penny bet on the PGA Tour, um, you came back, and we are all even heading into the team side of it, God, and the cliques. The cliques made a huge comeback on Sunday. Huge but, comeback. Can I say that I laugh <laughs> when you say a huge comeback to finish last? <laughs> I was killing you in that team uh, bet for two days. You were dominating. I was dominating you. the. But going going back to that timer bet, you know what got me worried was that's the one I pay attention because I know Siwon Kim's not going to play good. You know, but when I found out like the day before that, that Keimer WD'd from the PGA championship because he wasn't feeling good. I knew I was in fucking trouble on that. You were sweating so, it, weren't you? I yeah. was, I was sweating it, but another congratulations to Matt, because I don't think I've cold decked a last place team this year. And not only did you cold deck the winner, but you cold decked the last place team too. So you I did. You in fuego. So I'm just, on fire. I'm back up a thousand pennies folks. And by the way, Bobby had the iron heads and they finished second to last. So kudos to you for almost picking up that one. That wins nine times out of 10, but it didn't win in Tulsa. Nope. The cliques knew that I had picked them for last place and they made a hell of an effort in order to finish in last. So congrats to the cliques. Let's, let's continue on the shitty part. The bad part. How about the course condition out there? It was not good. Oh, my God. I heard the guys were bitching and moaning. Were you laughing when you were watching on TV and you were seeing all these dry spots and Dawson got in the mud and all that kind of stuff? And you're like, you would never see that on a PGA Tour event. That's all. No, the mud. The mud is the reason why I think DJ wasn't that pissed off because he had no footing over there whatsoever. I mean, he was in mud. He was. There was some tire tracks, too. I was surprised he didn't ask for an official to come over and potentially give him relief. Was his ball in a tire track? Yeah, th- there were there were some like cart tire tracks right. that were, went through the mud, and he his ball was right in the in the middle usually of it. I was you, surprised. Usually you would usually you would get that kind of relief. The only thing I, there's obviously two reasons they didn't. Well, he never know. called an official. Well, he never called an official, or that tire track that he was in maybe smoothed it out and made it a little bit more firmer. And he thought it was a better lie because the fact is, is if it's if it's I didn't see it, but if it's a lot of mud around, and if he's going to go ahead and drop it in mud from the knee, it's going to stick, right? It's like That's dropping a bunker. It's going to probably plug a little bit, you know, an eighth of the ball or a quarter of the ball or something like that. So, but or maybe they just. Maybe they just missed it because take it from me when you when you're under pressure, not that you they're really under pressure at live because you don't feel like they're really under pressure because I 
didn't Gracie win at Pumpkin Ridge too? And remember, I was ragging on. I'm like, hey, I know Dustin Johnson. This ain't the fucking same because him and Gracie are yucking it up when they're trying to win a golf tournament. And the, did you notice last week they were doing the same thing in between shots? They were like hands were moving and they were talking about shit and that kind of stuff. So it's it's still the best exhibition tour in the world by by far. But the the course condition. Well, then you got Dom. Dom's out there going. All yeah. this pressure is so incredible, and it's like a major every week out here at Live Golf. I just sat there and I go, Dale, can you just stop saying stupid shit like that? Oh, we all eight- know it has no type of comparable oh. pressure to a PGA Tour event or to a major championship. And These the guys eight- aren't that caring about $4 million no. versus $2 million versus one. Oh my God. This and the egg foo young chick who does I'm so sorry, the egg foo young chick, she's gotta go. Yeah, Yeah, Suan's gotta go. The Arlo guy, your Arlo guy, he's growing on me because I'm a Ted Lasso. Yeah, he's in Ted Lasso. And he's got the boy, he's got the voice and everything. Well, he's got no idea about golf, but it's great. I actually like that about about golf. And that Jerry Fultz, I mean, Jesus Christ, you can fucking just get rid of him once and for all. I mean, he thinks he knows he's just an, he's a great, he does athlete. think he knows everything. God, he does for a guy that never won on the fucking PGA tour and was life and death to keep his card for a few years. He just knows, just ask him. He knows everything about everything, but the, <laughs> the overselling of the tour and everything like that is hidden has hit an all time high, but let's get to the greatest hate part. Yeah. Thanks. CW network. Do you want to intro this, Matt? Oh my gosh. So for all those fans watching on the CW, which it's not a lot, but I feel really (laughs) bad for the people watching on CW because (laughs) guess what? We're getting right to a playoff. And with any major sporting event in America, you never, ever, ever see where they cut away. The CW mm-hmm. cut. <laughs> is it true they went to Family Feud? Yes, they did. Yes, <laughs> they did. They decided that Family Feud was going to get them more views <laughs> than <laughs> Live Golf League playoff. I oh mean, I Twitter was blowing up because there were obviously some people that were watching it on the CW. Yeah. And when they caught away, man, the Twitter feeds went nuts. And these people were pissed. I felt bad, actually. Well, you know, it's funny. I don't I don't really have channels or anything like that. Like like Hulu is my $67 a month carrier and that kind of stuff. So well, that's why I do the Live Golf Plus app. Okay, so I don't even do the app, but I just went to Hulu. I'm like, well, I got to, well, there's nothing else to watch. I got to watch this. And I was looking at the leaderboard all day for obvious reasons for our our $10 bet. But um, I was like, okay. And I clicked it on and Hulu knows what I like to watch because the top six things that whatever I'm interested in, whoever's listening to me and the algorithm, (laughs) yeah, the algorithm knows. So it popped up. So I put it on, I start watching it. And then they go, okay, we're going to, you know, if you want to continue your coverage, you go to the CW app and I panicked. Right. And I'm like, oh my God, I don't fucking know where I'm not going to an app. How do I do this? But it kept rolling on mine. So I think I was on the CW app already or something on, on Hulu, but that was just, man, that just Yeah. Goes, you were on the CW app, which I was the, on app the app stayed app. Yeah, with the app stayed. golf, but yeah. the actual channel for cable networks did not. Right, and people right. went absolutely berserk. Well, that just and then, goes to show you where they are. That's the other big... shitty thing about yeah. the Live Golf Tulsa was the fact that, do you recall a guy named Phil Mickelson after the Masters claiming that 
he yes. watch out. He's in form. Yes. He's all of a sudden going to start playing fantastic in golf tournaments, which by the way, when you start saying that about yourself, that's a kiss of death right there because yep. 45th, he finished worse than C1 Kim, Bobby. C1 Kim fucking took him down. Oh my God. Tough look. Bad. Yeah. Tough luck. He had zero chance of making the cut at Oak Hill. For, oh, for yeah, doesn't drive it good enough. Zero, zero might not even finish in the top 100. I don't even want to throw that bet out there, but because he's not taking it. In. But we ain't we're, we, we ain't at Augusta where he's got his magic green reading book of our, all the putts that he's had over the last 20 some years out there. So I think he's going to get smoked. And remember, I was sharing a little bit of information about how I just can't stand Danny Lee as a human being and and that kind of stuff. He had a nice solid 36 place finish. Did you oh, know I missed that one? Okay. Yeah, he finished 36. And you know, Kevin Na wasn't last after like 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 the first day. I'm like, I am fucking steamrolling, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> I know the cliques actually look good after day one. God paid like, me shit. back for talking shit about Danny Lee. <laughs> God <laughs> paid me back. So, oh my God. <laughs> what a week for Liv. What a week. For, but uh, but to go back, good for Tulsa though, right? Because they good had for Tulsa. come up that they probably had double digits people a day. You never really know how much that they have because they're there's no way of telling because they just lie about it all the you know about how many people they have but i did hear that they were raving they're like we had 14,000 people on one day what did dallas have and i'm like well the stupid idiots don't even know that the one hole over the weekend uh, 17 at dallas held 8,000 people itself and it was fucking it was packed out dallas there was packed there's no yeah. comparison that's what i don't get about this whole right. rivalry between the two because you get a bunch of idiots that don't know any better and they yeah. just start spouting off at the mouth going oh well we had way more for the live event than the pga tour event it's like guys close why even say it like yeah. it doesn't even matter like it doesn't affect live golf if pga tour has twenty five thousand versus them yeah. like the whole entire thing for live golf is the fact that they had a decent outing with the crowds in Tulsa and those Tulsa fans give them a round of applause once again for being out there after the weather delay. Like they actually had a good 18th hole set up to where, you know, for the playoff and everything, there was a lot of fans out there, which was great to see. And I think it's to the point now, did you see the uh, picture that golf.com posted on uh, Instagram just hours before we got onto uh, this recording where you have Phil Mickelson walking next to Colin Morikawa and just in front of them are Rory McIlroy and Jay and Jay Monahan. So it's looking a little bit more like they're all going to start working together at some point. Like, well, I don't. Okay. So I see, yes, I saw that picture a few times, but you know, what went through my mind is, is Phil's back there talking to Colin and Colin doesn't look very interesting. He's just (laughs) interested, but Phil's like, he's got his hands going and he's, it's the Phil Mickelson that I've known for years and he's selling him on, he's selling him on something. Did you also see the picture of Phil in his suit for the champions dinner? And he's there propping those recovery gummies. Oh yeah. At a bag of the recut. It's always about the fucking hustle and the dollar for Phil really, isn't it? If it's not, well, he needs the money, Bobby. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, he must be betting on fucking a lot of gambling. Yeah. This year or something like that. I'm not sure what their 2000 fans that they're, that they're getting. There was one other shitty thing I wanted to bring up too. (laughs) Oh, I remembered we're back on fat ass Perez. So Dustin wins and it's customary for the whole team to go out there and congratulate him. 
who was the only team member that wasn't out there celebrating with Dustin for his W? The fucking fat boy himself. Didn't want any fucking part of it, did he? No. Couldn't find him with the search warrant. He's in that locker room packing his shit up. Well, it also made me wonder, Bobby, was he washing Dustin's car to get it ready for him for the celebration? <laughs> he did. I mean, this yeah. is coming from Pat's own mouth. Well, when I know he was when DJ brought him over to live golf. He's like, yeah. I'll wash his car if I have to. Yeah, he probably was one. That's why he said that. That's a bit, that's very good. Well, I know where one thing he wasn't doing, he wasn't catching a flight to fucking Oak Hill, Rochester. That's for sure. He was not catching a flight. So <laughs> hey, uh, uh before we cut out a little small thing, because we 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 sure. love our Mito Pereira's caddy, Scott McGinnis, yes. and he shared some emotional insight on what it was like to be next to Mito when when Southern Hills went down last week and that kind of stuff. They did this small segment on Mito today, I saw for about 10 minutes, and they did a small segment on Scott. Here's here's something that I didn't know that Scott didn't share with us, but I've never seen Scott McGinnis. These Aussies are tough guys, right? You know what I mean? They can take some fucking shit. You know, they'd like to get after it. You you got, just got a gut feeling that if you're in a bar room and if you got an Aussie on your side, you're not going to lose your fight, right? They did this thing with Scott McGinnis revealed that when Mito made that bad swing and hit it in the creek and Scott was in tears. If you get a chance to watch this, Scott was in tears telling this story that from the time that they got off of that tee box, you know how he knew he went in the water is because he said the whole crowd was clapping and saying he fucking USA he hit uh, it on the foreigner hit it in the water and Scotty was just in tears telling this story. So Scott, I'm thinking about you, bud. I hope you have a great redemption week there at at Oak Hill after Southern Hills last year. But you're doing just you're doing just fine and you're making some money. And all of us guys know what a great caddy you are that have caddied with you in the past. And we're thinking about you, Scott. And that's just something I wanted to add in there before we cut out, man. man. Love that. You just gave me chills. How about that? I know. Scotty Mac. Scotty Mac. Let's get it this week, yeah. buddy. <laughs> Maybe I'll run Kennedy for president. I don't know. There you go. Well, <laughs> Bobby's got a new guy. Yeah. We talked about yep. the AT&T Byron Nelson. We absolutely went through the PGA Championship this week. Live yeah. Golf Tulsa recap, the good and the bad. Yeah. So, Bobby, yeah. this wraps up another episode. Thank you, Wonderful. everybody, for listening. And uh, until next week, yeah. this is we'll it have a for big next week. Golf. We got a lot to talk about next week. Absolutely. Have a good one, Bobby. Okay, Matt. Take care, buddy. Bye now. See Thank you for tuning in to Season 2 of the Pull Hook Golf Podcast. Make sure to hit subscribe and go to www.pullhookgolf.com for more information.